Hello, good morning, uh, good evening, and welcome to the SFF Blamcast. I am, as always, the lovely Jessica, and joined by my much better half, the lovely... Emma, hello. We had that argument before. We're not going to go did. there. Yeah, that was on the edited half. one, so we're going to yeah. leave it where it is for now. Yeah. But yeah, hey, um, we are here, Happy New Year to you all, with a little bit of an interstitial to kind of celebrate 2023 and give you something a little bit different. At Christmas, I don't know if you listened to it, we jumped over to a different podcast called Two Lit Chicks, or A Lit Chick and Ed, as it has become recently. And we did a little bit of adding to Santa's sack with books that we liked. So we've kind of invited some people over to come and have a look at some fantasy romance with us. That's it. We're going to be chatting to them about some different things about their gateway romance books and giving them some recommendations. So shall we get into it? Yes, let's begin. Let's go. Welcome. So we have Julia and Ed with us for our New Year special. Um, Would you like to introduce yourselves and say a little bit about your podcast and yourselves? Um, so my name is Julia Bojo, and I am a writer and a podcaster at Two Lit Chicks. Um, we, Two Lit Chicks is all about talking to writers about the books that changed their lives. So we've had, uh, we've had Bonnie Garmus, Joanne Harris, uh, Damian Barr coming up in our next episode, loads of, loads of amazing, uh, writers. And of course you guys as well for our Christmas special. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I am a member of the Romantic Novelist Association as well, as I know you guys are, and also a member of the Alliance of Independent Authors. And my first book, my debut novel, Shooters, is coming out in March. And uh, Shooters is based on my many years as a wedding photographer. And uh, I, I, I like to describe it as what Jilly Cooper did for uh, show jumping with riders. I do for wedding photography with Shooters. So mm-hmm. go out and pre-order that now. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> did they. Yeah. Very good, I've read it. And Ed, how about you? Uh, I'm Ed Crocker. Um, I recently became co-host of Two Lit Chicks um, with the wonderful Julia. Um, and I'm also an author myself as well. Very, very on trend there. Um, <laughs> I got an agent uh, last year and I'm currently on submission with my epic fantasy trilogy with vampires and werewolves in called Lightfall. Job done. And how mad is that driving you being on submission is a long, um, painful process. It's an insane process. I mean, anyone who doesn't know about publishing, um, basically all you need to know is uh, a bunch of editors will slowly drip feed emails into your inbox telling you why they don't like your book. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day, perhaps someone will will say, uh, let's have a meeting. I want to give you a book deal. Yeah, no, it's an insane process. I think writers um, complain about the querying process, which is why where you try and get an agent. And that mm-hmm. is an absolute nightmare. And then you're like, yes, I've got an agent. Amazing. And then you go on submission and you're like, yeah. wow, give me back the querying process. <laughs> yeah. That sounds quite negative, doesn't it? I'm very lucky. <laughs> but I'm we love it. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's true. I mean, I, I made the decision to self-publish because I did have an agent and she did send it around to all the publishing houses. But, uh, and everybody was coming back, oh yeah, we love it, we love it, but we're not taking it. And it's like, oh, why aren't you taking it? And they said, was that in the rom-com market, they were looking for younger writers who had a better chance of going viral on TikTok. <gasps> mm. Oh, yeah. that's horrible. Yeah. And, Just, like yeah. That. and yeah. interesting because TikTok is going through a lot right now. And there's a lot of conjecture about whether it's going to be as important in the book world coming up. We'll see. Well, that's it it's quite interesting mm. isn't it I was hearing some stuff about that because like now publishers have cottoned on and they're mm. basically going to be using it as their own marketing tool which means yeah. that all of the same it's flooding the market yeah. exactly the same pitfalls apply in terms of being an author and yeah. having the budget and whether or not the publisher chooses to give you the budget yes exactly and I think that as soon as TikTok loses its wild west quality I think yeah. that it's going to yeah. just people are just not going to be yeah. as interested so we'll no. see we'll see what I could be wrong I could be completely wrong. <laughs> I recently I recently joined TikTok and I mean I'm, I'm sort of in this position where I have two views at the same time on the one hand I think it's like kind of unfair how writers these days have to just be on all social media like 
um like harper lee would never be able to be successful these days you know she just <laughs> nice, like sat yeah. in her own house and just never talked to anyone you know you mm-hmm. just can't do that but at the same time i have recently started tiktok and i am um, even though i have like no followers i'm really really enjoying making stupid videos it's the most yeah. creative fun i've had for years so yeah kind yeah. of in a jekyll and hyde with, well that's the thing i think as long as you keep it fun as long as you're yeah. doing it yeah. <laughs> One of the nice things about it that I found, though, particularly like because I think we said we we talk a little bit about like self-publishing because you've chosen to go that way, haven't you, Julia? Mm. Is um like how, although it's difficult having that pressure on authors, it has leveled the playing field a little bit for mm. indie authors because they they've yeah. got vehicles to get out there now to find readers, which is nice and which is really important for like the books we love, like fantasy and yeah. sci-fi romance, yeah. because it's only just sort of finding a foothold particularly in the UK yeah. where publishers are like oh we might actually get an audience for that they haven't wanted to touch it for so long so mm. most of the books that we read are indie books mm. so that's wonderful that's yeah. really good to hear um yeah I mean I've got lots of facts and figures uh <laughs> that I can't remember right now about indie publishing um but uh you know when you when you look at like the star ratings between traditionally published and indie published mm. books there is literally very little difference mm. like negligible and oh, yeah. um yeah it's it, the th- one thing that does frustrate me is the snobbery um around it you know like I there was one lady with a podcast that said that she wouldn't have me on because I'm not traditionally published and I mean that's fine if that's her thing just don't Mm -hmm. tell me that (laughs) 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 just don't care just say like I hate your face or something just don't don't (laughs) exactly I don't know but but there's a lot of snobbery out there and and uh, finally, there was some data out of Germany as well, where uh, romance is actually quite big in Germany. And I think they, the study asked um, whether they would ever read an independent uh, novel. And people were like, no, no, no. And yet oh, the data shows that they have because oh. it, there was like 60% or something. I don't know. I can't remember what it was. But the data showed that they had definitely been reading it and they didn't yeah. realize. They didn't realize they were reading independent. This novels. is it. They don't so, check. You can't yeah. really tell. I mean, I wouldn't know. I, You know, you can't tell from picking up a book and reading yeah, it. Not anymore. Whether or yeah. not. Definitely not so much anymore when I think all the, the strain that's going on editors at the moment is is clearly showing in traditional publishing and that they're yes. not quite getting yeah. the the level of editing that they should and it's like that that used to be really the main thing people would throw at self-publishing mm. but I don't think you can you can tell at all even when you go off to look people are yeah. they're, because they're a business and they're running it as a business and being mm. very professional and savvy you can't tell whether or not it's a small imprint or it's just a self-published author that's you know well I've I've been reading um past couple of years I've really got into indie fantasy and horror and honestly some of the titles out now are just I mean they're so because indie like big indie fantasy authors now like Ryan Cahill etc you know they get they get the best editors and they you know they they do a proper marketing campaign and you know yeah. it's beautifully beautifully put together so when I mean not 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 always you know it's still very different levels but with mm-hmm. the very best fancy indie authors and you get these amazing packages and there's not much difference anymore between trad pub and, and indie the walls yeah. are falling down so it, I mean yeah. fancy fans it, it's an amazing time I think last year or the year just gone the first time I read slightly more indie than trad pub fantasy i mean don't get me wrong there's loads of amazing trad pub titles yeah, yeah. and I, i'm still you know i'm still loving that but i first time i read more indie than fantasy and i was like whoa i did, I did like from a sad data geek i'd worked it out at the end of the year and i was like whoa <laughs> mind blown i've read more yeah. indies than, than trad pub first time oh, that's interesting yeah i hadn't thought of it from um like just pure fantasy or horror or something in other genres it was just you know that because i read romance it's all romance pretty much it's the like, odd uh, other one i can see somebody will have spreadsheets somewhere yeah ed i'm looking at you from saying yeah. I'm, a, I'm a spreadsheet yeah. guy yeah we I've can got... put them up in the video afterwards if you want to send them over yeah. some ed spreadsheets. Spreadsheets. <laughs> on that topic let's jump into it 
Um, so we last year, we did a little bit about our gateways into fantasy romance. So Julia, obviously, you are on the romance plane with us. So you have some books for us. And Ed, we're going to do you in a little bit with some recommendations that we've mm. put together for your good self. So Julia, if you want to fire away with the first of the list that you have. <laughs> okay, so I thought that, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I just kept thinking back and back and back in my timeline about books that, you know, were fantasy based that had that romance um, element. And one of the earliest ones that I read was a series called ElfQuest, um, which is actually behind me there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's it was a, it was a small comic written out of Poughkeepsie, New York. Um, yeah, probably in the seventies, I think it probably started uh, by a husband and wife team named named Wendy and Richard Penny. And um, it's about these elves who are thrown into a new world and uh, they're wolf riders. So they're not like elves, like Christmas elves. <laughs> elves like, I'm going to kill you with my... <laughs> with your giant <laughs> they sword. They can be both. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know? <laughs> so these are some, you know, badass elves. And um, and so they're thrown into this new world and they're trying to find others like them and, and whatnot. And um, the book, yeah, I, I think I read this probably when I was about nine years old or, or so. And the book wasn't so much there wasn't so much about sex but it was definitely sexuality in it so even though in their in their values um they very much believed in the one you know finding that person who was they also believed a lot in free love (laughs) which was was mind-bending for a girl who then went to catholic school yeah um (laughs) but um yeah i think that you know that was one of the first fantasy mixed with romance sort of books because you know, there's a big romance between uh, Cutter and Lita who are the main main characters. And um, yeah, I think that's probably was my first taste of the fantasy romance sort of, uh, well, it wasn't a genre then, so we can't really call it that, but just uh, mixing those, those two together. So, so you um, feel it was like you kind of got introduced more, I think, people tend to call that like romantic fantasy because it's Mm. fantasy is like the focus but you have a solid romantic subplot that like unashamedly romantic subplot yeah whereas you know a lot of other fantasy can be like no we just don't want anything to do with lovey-dovey feelings thank you and it's like out there so yeah yeah and did you kind of find were you looking for more that had that romantic element to it no doubt no doubt I was a Sweet Valley High reading (sighs) yeah I loved a bit of Sweet Valley High so um so yeah definitely I was I was into romances and I also you can't see them because they're up there but you know when you're little you read a lot what's on your parents bookshelf and my mother had a lot of Victoria Holt which is you know you probably haven't heard of her I mean um but she was a romance novelist and I know it's a pen name for somebody and I can't remember who but anyway um you know I so I was totally into those and reading them at a completely inappropriate age (laughs) I was an early reader and I knew things (laughs) I just had a library card and they let me take out whatever I wanted (laughs) it's like yeah <laughs> we've spoken to a lot of writers who had their their librarians always fall into one of two camps don't they the uh completely like oh take yeah. what you want and then uh, no that's not appropriate yeah. for you mm-hmm. <laughs> so what else did you find what else is on your list I think I mean and again this is this is still in that sort of comic realm but I also read a lot of Marvel comics and okay. you know DC yes. and all that kind of stuff and you know there were some major romances there you had the you know, triangle between uh, Jean Grey and Wolverine and and Scott. And, you know, I mean, they were excellent at building up that, you know, romantic tension, sexual Mm -hmm. tension, you know, it's for kids though. So obviously there's not lots of sex, even though you've got these women with bodies that would would feel those sexual desires. Double standards there. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, but um, but Ro- I think Rogue and Gambit. Sorry, Rogue, Rogue and Gambit. Gambit. That's where I was going. Oh. Yeah, I was obsessed with Rogue and Gambit. Really <laughs> yeah. obsessed with that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. My dog is called Remy for that very reason. Really? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's got to yeah. be done. Called everyone Cherie, didn't he? Oh, yes, he did. Oh, Cherie. I won't do. I won't do my French accent, but yeah. He did, and he had perfect hair. He was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be Gambit. I wanted to be Gambit. But isn't that you know? It's it's like. 
they, I, I don't think they realized how many women or girls were reading comics at the time mm -hmm. who really liked that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And they were, you know, just, I guess, making it palatable for their male audience or, or whatnot. But, um, but yeah, I loved those, those romances and you really felt them. I mean, they were like, you, you really thought about them and you wanted them together. So they were, they were well done. Um, the next book I would, uh, or next writer, I would say is somebody named Tanith Lee. And I don't, have you ever read anything by her? No, 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 we were both looking it up and I was looking at some of the covers for the books and I was blown away that how beautiful they were. And she's yeah. British, isn't she? I didn't yes. know any of this. Well, funnily enough, kind of... I looked her up like really briefly and she went to the secondary school where there was like two secondary schools that you could have gone to where I grew up. And she went to the other one that I went to and I've never heard of her, but she must she must Amazing. obviously have grown up where I grew up in yeah. London because she went to Prendergast, which was like Ladywell, sort of Lewisham area, where, where I grew up. And it's crazy. It's crazy that she's it. not not better yeah. known because she yeah. was amazing. You know, and so she um, the book that the first book of hers that I read was called The Birth Grave. And it actually came out um, in 1975. I did not read it in 1975 because <laughs> I was only two years old. But anyway, um, just two years later, I read, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I probably read it. No, I, I probably read it, you know, in my early, uh, early teens. Um, I don't know, somewhere around there. Um, but, you know, she really did explore, you know, um, feminism and sexuality in her books in a way that wasn't really being done because, of course, most fantasy was being written by, you know, straight white men. <laughs> so, um and I, I mean, I read her books a long time ago, so obviously I don't remember the specifics of it, but um, I really remember that the story, The Birth Grave, was about a very strong female character who had a body like sin, but cursed with a horrible face, so she had to wear a mask, and she was, she was, um, it, it's built, really, it's a buildings roman about a, fe a female goddess, and mm -hmm. um, in the book, you know, you, you see how men treat her and some revere her and some try to knock her down. And it's, you know, very much, she goes from situation to situation while she, she has amnesia. Uh, so she doesn't quite remember who she um, was. And, uh, and as she goes through, she realizes her own power. Um, but it's a really, I, I mean, I, I think it's a great book and it's actually a trilogy. Um, and I think there was a re, a reissue of it in 2015 with new covers and in that um Marion Zimmer Bradley did a forward to it and I've actually got it here she says there seems to be an unspoken assumption in science fiction that science fiction is usually read by men or if it is read by women it is read by those women who are bored with feminine concerns and wish to escape into the world of fantasy where they can change their internal viewpoint and gender and share the adventurous world of men here is a woman writer whose protagonist is a woman, yet from the very first, she takes her destiny in her own hands, neither slave nor chattel. Her adventures are her own. She's not dragged into them by the men in her life, not, nor served up to the victor as a sexual reward after the battle. For the first time since C.L. Moore's warrior woman, Jarell of Drury, don't know if I said that right, um, we see the woman adventure in her own right. But this book is not an enormous allegory of women's liberation, nor an elaborate piece of special pleading. It's just a big, delightful feast of excitement and adventure. <laughs> and yeah, yeah I, I liked that. And, you know, That's if I fantastic. Can, yeah, if, if I can, you know, encourage more people to go out and read Tanith Lee, I think that, um, you know, go see if you can find it because yeah. she was she was good. And her the and the romance and the sex that she wrote um, I mean, there was a lot of sex in her books, but none of it was fetishized or anything. It was, it was very much more matter of fact than mm -hmm. you know, modern day. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> fantasy romance. Um, but that definitely was one of the early books where you know there was this sexuality and in, in a in a fantasy novel that mm. um, that really attract really attracted me. Uh, to it and I think you know going on from that um, Marion Zimmer Bradley uh, as well she wrote Mists of Avalon which was another firm favorite of mine as a oh, child. I've been recommended that quite a few times actually I don't know why I still haven't got to it but no, yeah. It's, yeah, it's... yeah I can answer that Emma your TBR is huge. <laughs> All right you know you know. <laughs> that, that could be the problem yeah no yes. I mean it's the Arthurian legend from the women's point of view yeah. and I think it was the first time I realized that you could do that. Like you could flip mm -hmm. an old story on its head and yeah, tell twist it completely. Your yeah. Um, 
And so I was really attracted to that. And of course, there's a, a sexual relationship between Arthur and his sister, <laughs> Morgane. Um, Hello. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Taboo well, is up there as well. Cersei Lannister. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, well, before yeah. there were Cersei, he wasn't there was, the first, yeah. was he, to go? <laughs> no, exactly. Um, but, you know, I mean, they're tricked into it. It's all during this pagan yeah. festival, but it's very passionate. And, you know, and they, and they, there's a connection that forms. During, I mean, they don't realize who they're having sex with at the time. But, mm. um, and then, of course, that has to happen so that she can give birth to Mordred, who ends up being the downfall of Arthur uh, down the line. Mm. But um to Mordred, sorry, the, the product of incest. I didn't know yeah. that. Oh yeah. Okay. Where have you been, Ed? <laughs> I know. I I need to get into my Arthurian yeah, stuff more. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a really good book. So many retellings of it, to yeah. be fair, yes. that some bits will get left by the wayside and some call, yeah. call through, don't they? It depends exactly. what you've but read. She, she was one of the first, you know, I think mm. um, you know, Arthurian retellings. And she went on to write some other books sort of in that world that I don't think were as successful. Um, to me, Mr. Avalon really is the, it's a classic. It's a standout classic. Mm. Um, so that's another one for your TBR there, Ed, yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, I'll add it on. I've got um, 200 on it at the moment. But yeah, I'll add it on. Ending. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, now, you've probably read Lainey Taylor. I have, yeah. That's it, Emma, yeah. Um, I, we talked about her on the last season because we did an episode on uh, Cool Magic and mm. I did Daughter of Spoken Bone because mm. it's just, it's, yeah, she's she's brilliant. She's such a I would read writer. anything that she writes. I've not I would done read the Strange the Dreamer ones. Oh. Read those. Are they really good? I mean, it's just, just the way she writes is just magical. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't, well, actually, I do have an example here. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I'm just going to keep reading things about her in this episode. Um, just a quote that I absolutely love. And, and and again, in this book, the sex isn't explicit, but the romance is. And yes. it's so well done, the romance between Karu and Akiva. And um, yeah. I mean, you feel it again, you feel it in your in your bones. You know, it was a it was a great book. But here's a funny little excerpt from that book. Um, I don't know many rules to live by, he'd said, but here's one. It's simple. Don't put anything unnecessary into yourself. No poisons or chemicals, no fumes or smoke or alcohol, no sharp objects, no inessential needles, drug or tattoo, and no inessential penises either. <laughs> inessential penises, Carew had repeated, delighted with the phrase in spite of her grief. Is there such a thing as an essential one? When an essential one comes along, you'll know, he replied. <laughs> that's it it's up to you to decide yeah what's essential and what is exactly and I just yeah. love that I mean so many great messages I mean it's a YA book yeah. as well yeah. isn't it great messages in there yeah. you know don't defile your body with with bad stuff but yeah. uh, also no inessential penises yeah mm -hmm. get yourself a penis scale kids yeah <laughs> a great name for a series isn't it essential penises <laughs> really? yeah there you go we'll leave that to you to write that one there we go <laughs> Um, and, uh, finally on my list, if I, can I do one more or have I gone yeah, on too long? Go on That's fine. Okay. And, um, I think this was really my, my gateway into discovering things like Akatar, um, was Jacqueline Carey's Kushiel's Dart. Um, yeah. so that was the first time I think I read good sex in a fantasy novel. And cause I'd been reading it as a reading mostly, you know, straight white men. So, mm -hmm. um, like Robert Jordan, who can't, uh, <laughs> Does yes, sex well at all. In fact, I think it's hilarious that Robert Jordan did a pull quote for Kashiel's Dart, and it reads, "A very sophisticated fantasy, intricately plotted, and a fascinating read." <laughs> <laughs> I've not read any reason. Robert Jordan's. Is it is it terrible? Because I watched oh, no, no, the no, no, Bed no. of Time season. Yeah. No, no, no. I love. I mean, behind my computer is actually propped up on two Robert Jordans right now. Oh no, I, I mean, I just mean sex. Series. Not that oh, no, his sex. I enjoyed Wheel of Time. Yeah, it's like I haven't read it, so I don't know what how yeah. he's romance across. is so central to his plot. Mm. Um, you know, between Rand and his three, his harem of three. Um, yeah. but you know, the sex is very glossed over and right. you know, just not just not well. So well done. is it so we did chat about this that is he one of these boobed boobily people or is it just very much glossed over because you see occasionally on twitter and tiktok people put these little excerpts from what people have written about how her breasts followed him around the room is it kind of that level or i can't remember do you do you 
Have you I, seen I, any of that? I don't think from my, I mean, it's been a while since, since I've read them, but from my memory, it's not quite as bad as, you know, the personification of the boobs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the Silence of the Lambs is not a personification of the boobs. Um, but it's it's like not great. It's kind of like just sort of a little bit like, oh, kind of you just so want what? to sort of wash yourself a little bit afterwards. <laughs> when, it should when, have been fade to black. Just fade it to black and leave yeah. it. Yeah. He, he, I mean, female characters are huge in his books. I mean, absolutely, you know, pivotal to the entire story. Mm. But I'm not sure how many women he really knew. Um, you know, so he wrote what he knew. But that being said, I do love Wheel of Time. So he did something right. That's it. But yeah, you can, I mean, I think that's it, isn't it? Sometimes uh, authors can be kind of like, oh, they did this thing terrible, so don't mm. read it. But it there can be good stuff in and oh, around yeah. that. Just because there's a weak point doesn't mean that yeah. there's not also a lot of amazing No, there's, there's loads too. of strengths. I yeah. mean, he he yeah. was like, he was like a puppet master with all those strings and, and whatnot. Yeah. He, he, he really did a great job. But but going back to Kashi's oh, yeah. art. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we digress. Yeah. But, but yeah, I do, I do like the image of him reading those books. I think that that's quite <laughs> entertaining to me. Um, well, I just started it. When you mentioned that that was going to be one on your list, I had it already on my Kindle because mm. I'd grabbed it in a deal and it had sat there. I was like, oh, right, I'll pick it up and start having a look and I've like I've got really sucked into it the world mm. building is amazing mm. in it you know it's very very good and I mean if she yeah. if she if Phaedra were a, like a Marvel superhero I think that her name would be sex girl or something like that <laughs> sex girl. <laughs> because, seriously because basically in the book um her superpower is uh she's sexy and she likes the sex and she can take it you know yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. this is her superpower <laughs> and she manipulates politics through this and she saves herself and you know all kinds of stuff and uh it turned out to be a very handy skill to have she's mm-hmm. owning it so she's owning I had it to kind yeah. of I had to get through the beginning though, because if it, you got to like buy into the world and the culture and stuff in order yes. to be okay with the kind of the, the, what the grooming ish element. Yeah, yeah, it. exactly. There's a lot yeah, of just like there. a yeah a trigger warning there for people who are going to look yes. for them. Yeah, there's a um, lot of BDSM, BDSM yeah. definitely, yeah. and um, I mean it's basically like a sexy fantasy France. It gave me really, mm. really strong like Robin Hobb vibes though as mm. well like um assassin's apprentice like mm. it's that same kind of you're you're so much in her head mm. and this big world that she's coming into and learning about herself and her power as mm. it were and stuff and and like you say but you know manipulating things and having this mentor as well which is mm. you know that she wants to get to the bottom of yeah definitely like that and Anne rice i don't know why it's reminding me of Anne mm. rice i think maybe the richness of it like the pros and stuff yeah and just how much she gets and rice used to get into like the detail of historical stuff and mm. yeah it's really cool yeah no i mean i've read all what is it six nine books in the series i can't remember there's, there's a lot well oh, there's the first TV series it's nine it's nine yeah <laughs> good series there's a there's a first three and then there's a second three i think about her and then there's three following another character i think yeah don't okay. quote me. And then I think there's a new book that's just come out from Jocelyn's point of view. Okay. Um, so, but anyway. Kushiel's Dart um, mm-hmm. is probably the most, one of the most recommended books that people yeah. recommend to me to get into romance. I've got mm-hmm. a friend who every time I see him just says, have you read that yet? Um, and I still haven't. It's on my TBR. But that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get recommended that quite a lot. I, I can see why. Yeah, definitely. So, Ed, you did give us a list of authors that you read. It's a good yeah. test of my short term yeah, memory. Yeah. Your memory. <laughs> You're um, going to come out with all different ones and my recommendations. I have it written on a post-it. So. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, I think, I mean, I, I know I would have said Terry Pratchett because mm-hmm. Terry Pratchett is like my... My little corner here. Oh, is that Terry Pratchett corner? Amazing. I can't really see. Okay. Oh, it's gone dark, man. Yeah. Well, if, if yeah. I was if I was sensible and actually did zooms in front of my bookcases, oh. which I really need to do instead of this crazy weird here, picture. Here, <laughs> there you go. See, Julia, <laughs> Julia has it sorted. Um, I don't know why I pointed down because I might not be above Julia on the thing. I was <laughs> pointing her on my screen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but if if I'd had that sorted, you'd see that I have all the Discworld books. Um, yeah. and they Terry Pratchett my sort of like original god. He's the one, he's the reason, well, apart from all the rings, he's the reason as, as a younger 
person, why I'm into that fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, he's one of the reasons I'm writing my current epic fantasy trilogy, which isn't as like overtly comic as as Discworld. Mm. Um, but that idea of like a sort of an urban sprawl where you've got all kind of different creatures in and it's like an analogy for current political issues. You know, you've got your trolls and, and your... Mm-hmm and your dwarves and your golems and vampires and werewolves, which is kind of, well, there's a Terry Pratchett book called The, the Fifth Elephant, which has like werewolves doing political stuff and vampires. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got the idea for my fancy trilogy, which is like vampires and werewolves doing political stuff. Um, I'm not very origi- an original person at all. So yeah, <laughs> Terry Pratchett is, I mean, I won't do my rant about how Terry Pratchett is like actually a literary God and not just a comic fantasy guy, because that's not the place. But he is, I think, one of the best writers of the 20th century and mm-hmm. he needs to be recognised as such. You'd be preaching to the choir, I think. Excellent. <laughs> I will do that. Like, I'll yeah. spare you that. I'll spare yeah. you that. OK, great. So, yeah, Terry Pratchett. Um, and the other ones were, I'll be, I'll be brief on the other ones. The other ones were Mark Lawrence, I think, mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. who's mm-hmm. a kind of grimdark. Well, not always mm-hmm. books of grimdark, actually, but he's very famous for a trilogy called The Broken Empire. Uh, and Prince of Thorns, the first one, basically mm-hmm. introduced a very dark sort of villain anti-hero character well so dark he's not even an anti-hero he's just a, 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 a can i swear I yeah he's, yeah, he's yeah. a bastard basically <laughs> he's a bastard and he does some very bad things but well in my opinion he sort of redeems himself a little bit morally in later books but anyway grimdark i'm, I'm, I'm all about mm-hmm. grimdark and then there was robin hobb who i think you've mm-hmm. already briefly yeah. talked about yeah. anyone who's read robin hobb will understand when i say that robin hobb is just an absolute, a phenomenal writer, really. Mm. Um, her, I mean, her ab- ability to do characterization is, I'm not sure I've ever come across a writer in inside or outside fantasy who can do that. That just mm. that moment where the character in a realistic way just reveals themselves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Robin Hood wrote The Realm of the Elderlings, that sort of 16 book series, <laughs> which took me like three years to get through. <laughs> um that's just absolutely phenomenal and i think there was another one did i say naomi novick you did what's well on i was gonna say yes. please say that one because yeah. i think that was a, that was a fine that. one and naomi novick yeah. i mean no introduction to a lot of people but, but um she's just and an, an, I, I i might say she's the best current fantasy writer the reason mm-hmm. i say that is because yeah. she has just completed the scholarman's trilogy Mm-hmm. and anyone who's watching this stop watching well no carry on watching this but then after you've watched it just mute this moron and go read <laughs> the scholomance trilogy which i th- think is already one of the greatest fantasy trilogies ever written um what Naomi Novik does in terms of world building and characterization and just going dark but also going emotional mm-hmm. um it's just out of this world I don't think anyone's doing what she's doing right at this moment that's that's how much I think that's amazing so yeah, yeah. That, that, that's yeah yeah definitely. So I, I got quite intense so I, I get very intense when I talk <laughs> about my favorite fantasy <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm pleased that we asked you to yes. do that and introduce it because that's you know it, this is not just an opportunity for us to recommend books to you it's for you know listeners yeah. to find other you know people don't just read fantasy romance or just read fantasy you cross all over don't you mm-hmm. enjoy everything um exactly. so one of the first ones that I went for um because of your love for Terry Pratchett was um there's a duology by Jessica Thorne um which is Mageborn and Nightborn um I read them a few years ago so my memory is hazy on plot points and I don't want to spoil things because there's kind of uh, I know there's a big plot twist in the first one but I didn't necessarily see coming but it's got a very heavy Terry Pratchett vibe so the main character Grace is like I think she's a captain in like a city guard so you get a very I remember reading it and and being very like oh this has got such vibes of the Night's Watch sort of you know from yeah that's one of my favorites yeah yeah. I thought like yeah definitely so there's magic in the world um but it's kind of controlled I believe you have to be like registered and the hero in it which is strangely I think he's the lord of thorns (laughs) you were talking about prince of thorns you always end up with these themes don't you in names and stuff like that excellent Um, very well done yeah yeah he's like part of the royal family but he 
he kind of controls the mages that have got out of control. So I think he has like the ultimate powers to like remove their magic and things like that. And people end up going to the palace and going down to the dungeons and no one knows what's happened. But she, through twists of plot, ends up being his bodyguard and then finding out more about what goes on. And there's political shenanigans. And it's, yeah, it's fun. But it's a good one, I think, to read if you're coming at it yeah enjoying Terry Pratchett for that kind of lighter feel but also the balance of the romance thread with the the plot thread as well I think it's quite good for that okay I like the sound of that sort of bodyguard thing so there's a bit yeah. is, is is he like a little bit reluctant because she's just like constantly saving him and he's kind of being like an alpha male like oh <laughs> I find that a bit uncomfortable and then he realizes oh actually you're just awesome and then I oh, wouldn't I, I don't I don't recall that. Have I just written a plot to a new author? Awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twenty-four release. I mean, um, the bodyguard—that's not been done, has it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bodyguard. <laughs> well, that's it. I think that's the interesting thing. If you're not used to, if you read more of one type of genre than another, then you you're more used to certain tropes and you expect mm. those. Whereas, like knowing kind of more romance tropes, I think it's—I don't know—a bit a bit of a lesser. Thing that you would expect the hero to act like that I guess would you agree possibly yeah I think so yeah that's yeah yeah <laughs> but I, I can't recall is the honest truth you need <laughs> to read it now um and then the other ones that I was going to recommend to you based on um Naomi Novik kind of vibes Excellent. is I talked about um the wolf and the woodsman on the last season of the podcast too which is by Ava Reed, and that's based on like it's a retelling, as you could probably guess, of Red Riding Hood, but it's very, very loose. Like it, it's barely there. You've got like the the woodsman and the wolf, but the wolf is like um, she. There's a sacrifice basically from the village, so it's got quite uprooted vibes. You would think it's quite similar to uprooted, but it takes it in quite a different direction, and it's quite it, it's quite dark as well it's got um she doesn't shy away from sort of horror elements and Mm. stuff and it goes quite deep into like the importance of storytelling and oral history and it it was fantastic I think it was probably one of my favorite books from was it last year that I read it I think I read it at the beginning of the year and she's just done also I say she I think it's they actually I apologize I think Ava Reed is they um that is Juniper and Fawn which is another retelling and that's even more down the sort of gothic horror route but I've only just got it and I started to read it and I'm not even sure whether that ends with like happily ever after but there is definitely a romantic plot thread in it and yeah that looks it looks really cool people have loved that even more than Wolf and the Woodsman the ones that have loved it so there's some two very juicy ones there awesome I've seen Wolf and the Woodsman recommended in a lot of stuff like this actually it's great she's got they've got a beautiful um yeah way of writing and but the but the world building is phenomenal too and the characters are like like you were saying a bit with Robin Hobb you know you've got like moments where they make decisions and it's very realistic uh like honest about what people will do not not necessarily so much stereotyped you know yeah. you can you can recognize the all of the the shades of grey within people, within her characters, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Oh, that sounds brilliant. Cool. There we go. So Jess, yeah. what did you go yeah. for? <laughs> Mine's not going to be anywhere as deep and meaningful as Emma's because that's just how we well, roll. It's got to be like the full <laughs> gamut, hasn't it? You can't have what... too much deep and meaningful. No. You've got to have a, got no, to have a balance. Yeah. 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 Okay. So give me the shallow. I... Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Um, So you mentioned about werewolves in politics and stuff. And one has just cropped into my head that wasn't on my list. So I'm going to add this in now because I can. Um, So, yeah, (laughs) um, this is an author called CM Nascosta. And she went huge about in the last year for a book called Morning Glory Milking Farm, which is Mm -hmm. about Minotaur milking. I'll leave it at that and not go into more detail. No, 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 (laughs) no. Now you've done it. I require (laughs) a little bit more. More detail, please. 
there are puddles and they are not very shallow. I'll give you that. Um, yeah. So she has um, a series <laughs> set in um, Cambrick Creek is the place. And there are loads of books and it's orcs and it's werewolves and it's minotaurs and it's fae all living together in this place. And they are, yeah, all the politics and the life that revolves around these people within this place and how the humans interact with them and how they interact with each other. And it's just, she's a fantastic author and the series is brilliant. There's, there's about four or five different ones. She's done A Girl's Weekend, which is, I think, going to be a trilogy. The third one's not out yet, which is really orc-based. And these these fey women, I think, who are kind of trying to come into this new world and leave their fey origins behind. Because if you know fays within fantasy, they are kind of very snooty and, yeah, very up themselves and trying to pull other people into that. That's not going to happen. So, yeah, uh, C.M. Nascosta, fantastic. Go and go through all of her books. Um, the one that we kind of spoke about was a little bit more horror-y and it's Her Soul to Take by Harley LaRue. So Emma and myself have both read this one and yeah, it's a lot more dark. Again, I'm trying to pull up the information and I read like <laughs> the two or three books in the series very quickly. So I'm trying to not encroach yeah. on lots of them. But yeah, I think there's there's a demon involved in this and I can't remember all the bits and pieces. Emma, can you give me a... Uh, Could you not either? Um, yeah, so she has to move back to the town, and I think there's has there been a murder or something like that. Yes, that has. something has gone on, and it's not yeah really easy to see. You can see it's not normal. And she's a ghost hunter, like she does. Yes. A, a, does she do like a YouTube channel or something like that? So she mm-hmm. so she seeks out these like spooky places and wants to look into it. And it's clear there's like some strange cult type stuff going on and there's yeah but there is actually a demon around sounds amazing is there any actual romance in it or just like awesome oh, oh yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's a demon involved there has to be romance <laughs> yeah but that's where we click straight away you've mentioned the demon oh that's that's the romance yeah, yeah that's that's, that's your interest. your your main yeah. character there but yeah. yeah there is one more which is um an acquired taste it's called a lady of rooksgrave manor by Catherine moon which is a white choose book so i don't know if you're familiar with the phrase uh, uh, so what what the white choose why choose no i'm not yeah. please please tell me more is, so it, is it, has... it like minus all milking or uh, <laughs> there isn't in that one i don't think but no so you have your character male or female and why choose she has an option of several partners and yeah she just invites them all along oh say... like, like why choose oh yes i was in my head like the letter okay. y and oh, it's no. like some kind of y chromosome <laughs> like why choose choose your do you want to be a man or a woman like no. okay so this is the thing with the trope so in in fantasy romance that is just a general trope you know why choose okay. have everybody so it's um, quite new isn't it sort of yes last few years that's got more of a, a thing alongside kind of monster romance Yes, which has come up in the last few years. But yeah, this one has a lot of your horror characters that she has Mm -hmm. to pick from. So there's like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of character in there. And yeah, so she goes with both sides of the Jekyll and the Hyde, which is quite interesting. And again, there's demons and orcs and monsters. And yeah, it's a fun little romp. Yeah, because Rook's Scary Manor is like a um, brothel. In as much, but yes. four monsters who can't find anywhere to go because they're not accepted. So um, it kind of actually, you talking about it made me think a bit of Cashel's Dart in that it, she has a calling for that. Yes, she's of, very good you know, at accepting she's in monsters touch with her sexuality and knows what she likes. So, so can I can I just pick you up? You said oh. she goes with both sides, the Jekyll mm-hmm. and Hyde. Yeah, my memory of Jekyll and Hyde. So Hyde is no, sorry, um, Jekyll is no, no Hyde. Yeah, Hyde is just basically <laughs> like a sort of horrific, like ten foot tall serial killer who has no good in him because he's literally a personification of evil. So what what's that dating <laughs> scene like? Um, I'd say he's more. If we're going back to the oh, Marvel no. universe, I'd say he's more Hulk than oh. than than full Hyde. Okay, mm. so he's like just very angry, but then when you get him in a restaurant, he's sort of like Hulk's <laughs> just drinking wine. Yeah. yeah, basically, I don't think a restaurant is the place that they would meet, but yes, he's very much Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much Hyde. Hyde would basically Hyde would just basically like just kill her and then just like 
spit on a spit on the course. Yeah, I was going to say, just shake his hands <laughs> and off he goes. No, yeah. he's a little bit nicer than that, but he does have the darker side of the two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I pick yeah, up on very annoying things. I realise. No, that's <laughs> fine. I was going to say you made a stop and think. Though. It's like what, what, which one? Well, that's the that? whole thing about like monster romance. That's that's interesting. Like we were saying before about when you read, particularly in like horror, you expect certain things, but monster romance is very much about like who are the real monsters and it tends to be yeah. the people the humans like yeah. and the monsters have you know the hidden depths and things and a lot of people really enjoy it for that like that accepting difference is a big theme within that I think definitely also tentacles also tentacles yeah <laughs> let's not forget <laughs> like, have like you... hentai or what are we talking about <laughs> no, literal tentacles L- literal. <laughs> you know what the possibilities are endless Indeed. <laughs> oh, anyway. <laughs> forget minotaur milking tentacles is, is where it's at yeah. yeah have you read anything like that julia have you gone down that, no, that, that wormhole yeah. yeah i have not gone down that wormhole but i will i will Give it a go. Yeah. Don't, don't say wormhole next to tentacles. Can I just um ask yeah. uh, you two? Um, because you made me start thinking, Emma, about monster romances. Have you guys read uh, a dowry of blood? I saw you recommend that on no. your I've seen a lot of people talk about that and I really do want to read that one. It looks great. Oh, uh, one of uh, yeah, one of my best books I read last year. So it's basically it's a, it's a Dracula retelling from the point, the, from the point of view of the brides. Mm-hmm. So it's it's essentially an analogy for an abusive relationship and it is I mean that sounds like oh is that a bit dodgy you know is that done properly it is phenomenal like it is literally because Dracula is basically the the, the abuser in mm-hmm. in terms of control and it's this idea that he controls his brides over the centuries by being incredibly charismatic and then they start to realize about like you know 600 years down the line that he's not yeah. a charismatic guy he's actually like a controlling abusive character mm-hmm. and then they start to kind of plot their escape from him essentially and it is oh my word it, like it's written and made beautifully it's written amazingly it's compelling plot you know it's it's not just a focus on that analogy it's also this idea of immortality and like what's that like to be with someone for so many hundreds of years because Dracula's like we don't need to go do that. We can just stay in and just, you know, we can be together. And they're like, well, we want our own lives because we're yeah. like a thousand years old now. <laughs> God. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Honestly, it's, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, trigger warning for anyone who has been in any of that kind of situation because it's very, yeah. it goes into detail about that kind of situation. But mm-hmm. oh my word, it's a masterpiece. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I did actually want to say for if anybody does want to try ElfQuest out, um, they've actually done a podcast uh, retelling of the first mm-hmm. book. And uh, I have to say the soundscape is absolutely amazing. You can find it on Apple, any, you know, any of the podcast um, providers. And uh, I, one of the voices is done by Tara from Buffy and the Vampire. Oh, Buffy oh, the Vampire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Takes us all back. Yeah. Oh, so. Tara. Yeah, yeah sadly missed. Sadly oh, missed. Yeah, I'll try yeah. and uh, find the link for that for the show notes. Well, add it to notes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's going to be a long one. Yes. <laughs> it really is. We've talked about books. a lot of books. I hope people books. are ready for this. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And mm. speaking of actually, thinking of that, that was a good way to move into our, our kind of wrap up bit in that we'll be giving everybody this New Year podcast with all these books to read. Have you got any reading goals for the year? Anything you'd like to try and do? Do you set yourself a goal or do you just sort of read what you like when you like? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I I, I see all these bookstagrammers. Yeah, because obviously I'm stalking them all right now because I've got a book <laughs> coming out. Um, You know, saying, oh, I'm going to read 100 books this year. Da, 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 and mm-hmm. how many, They're all saying at the end of the year how many and I just, I just read, you know, yeah. I just read when I have time, you know, mostly for the podcast, um, because, you know, for every podcast now we read, read at least four books. Um, mm. So it's a lot of reading and, and yeah. uh, it's, I, I get really excited when I can actually choose the book. I want to read. Yeah, yeah. We've found that too. <laughs> Absolutely. Your Even palette cleanser. We're picking yeah. books that we enjoy to tell yeah. people about. It still kind of starts to feel like work and you just yeah. want to read whatever you want to read after a while, yeah. don't you? <laughs> so what about you, Ed? Do you have a goal? Do you try and like 
say to yourself oh I'd like to try this this year or this yeah year? well I'm I mean so what I tend to do is I tend to read a lot of fantasy um and I sometimes neglect my other two favorite genres which are uh horror and like crime particularly murder mystery so I want to make sure I read slightly more horror this year and slightly mm -hmm. more murder mystery. Um, yeah, well, no, another thing, so I've started getting, I've, well, I've luckily started receiving... And romance, you forgot to say romance. Oh, romance, no, I mean, well, I, no, no, I, that was... Obviously, that was included in the fantasy. Obviously, continue yeah, reading yeah, fantasy yes. and then read for yeah. Well, I mean, this is the problem because like I'm I'm someone who I mean I want to make it very clear that it doesn't matter how many books you read a year, it's about whether you're having fun. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Before mm -hmm. I say this next bit, I need to mm -hmm. make that clear. But I'm one of those people who awful people who like challenges themselves with books. So like I like to read, I try and read three or four books a week. Um, and then at the end of the year, I work out my total and then I try and beat it the next year. Uh, I know it sounds awful, but like... I it... had a hunch when you talked about your spreadsheet. Yeah, there was... Yes. There was... Yeah, yeah. Oh. But it's the only way I can do it because like I'm reading tons of books, like Julia said, for the Tulix po podcast, which is great because that gives mm. me a chance to read like like other genres and literature which yeah. I like but I don't often get a chance to read but then mm -hmm. I've got all these ARCs author review copies that come in my way now um mm -hmm. because I've got a podcast um, <laughs> which is amazing because I used to just be like a so sad geek that you could never get this stuff and now I'm being able to get these advanced fancy copies so I've got that yeah. but then I've got all the books I want to read for fun and the only way to do all this is to become one of those awful like must read three or four books a week people yeah. So yeah. my challenge is basically audio books because that sounds like a lot of books to read. <sighs> so you, you know what? Them. Like I don't want to insult everyone who loves because I know everyone loves audio books and like it is an awesome format. Um, it's not a great format for me, um, mm. because I because I read. God, I'm, I'm sounding like the worst person ever here. Like I read quite quickly, so yeah. like sometimes I get into like a zone where I'm just like, if I'm enjoying a book, I'm just like, and mm -hmm. like, if someone's voice is too slow for me. Um, yeah. And also- That's I, why you speed it up, Ed. I just yeah. all, 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 all like, right, 1.4, 1.4 I don't know speed. how people can listen to it all sped up. I would just- I can't do it. Yeah. 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 do it. No, not that sped up. I mean, just I'm like a little actually... bit. So they're just talking a little bit faster. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I'm very similar, Ed. I can't, I find audiobooks too slow for me. Like it will take me like months to read a book I probably would have read in a week. Cause I, cause it's finding the times to yeah. sit and listen to it as well. Like, well, this is the thing you don't sit and listen. I listen to it on the school run, you know, or just yeah. when I'm yeah. like, loading the dishwasher cooking a meal like yeah. same same places i listen to podcasts i think it's yeah. i think it's a lifestyle thing so like people who have normal lives like julia who have who have exciting <laughs> normal lives with families what? and exciting and normal runs. <laughs> like <laughs> then there's people like me who just kind of like sit in their flat and play video games and like and then just have like six hours a day where they just sit down and read <laughs> and like <laughs> So yeah, so audiobooks are not really for like they're amazing. Sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> really does. I know we're all like <laughs> yeah, we're all like, yeah. It's not all as packed up to me. It's not all as packed up to me. The grass um, is always greener on the other side of the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. You do audiobooks, don't you, Jess? You listen to them sometimes. Yes, yeah, I do do. Yeah. Um, again, there is that problem that doing it on the school run, if the phone suddenly doesn't connect to the earphones, then the, the entire playground has a has a very in-depth knowledge <laughs> yeah. of what I'm listening to. Mine at all, Yes, or in the car when I'm driving yeah. and the kids are listening. But no, I do get into an audiobook, but again, it's very... It has to be the right voice and it has mm. to be the right speed because if I've got this... I was going to say agenda, but no, if I get just this really slow voice, I just cannot get into it. And it just, no. yeah. and then I won't actually read the book afterwards because it just got me to a point where I just couldn't. Yeah, it's, it's finding your one. There's one that I've mm -hmm. got, which is a big one I, I love, which is tarot based with lots of Cajun speaking it and mm. the woman who reads it has a perfect accent and you could mm. just listen to her talk all day and yeah. that just on repeat for those for a, me a gambit yeah. accent you're, yes you're, you're, yeah very audience. much so yeah yes yes that's i've got <laughs> so the it's all linking back yeah oh yes so good <laughs> and there's loads of them that do it as well it's <laughs> heaven for me <laughs> have you got any goals jess 
Yeah, other than podcast books. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Yeah. Just, just to try and get some books read. I saw somebody on TikTok who, this might be a goal for you, Ed, who read a hundred no, 402 books last year. Wow. Well, well, and I kind of, I even had to get yeah. the other half to do some maths for me because I don't do maths. And I'm like, how, is that like eight a week? That was just, so, I, I, Wayne's World bow down moment. I was not worthy mm. of I'm, I'm politely questioning that because like there is a there's a um booktuber who i think read like 200 or something 20 the, the other year and i believe that because like booktubers will just read like yeah, five books a week yeah but to read that many books you're either reading a genre where the books are like 70 like, or like 70 80,000 words yep or you're just not reading them properly does that sound the awful thing to say you could be a skimmer but yeah. yeah, I kind of I saw the four hundred and two, and I just that's kind of that's insane. That was a turn yeah. off TikTok moment. I think. I guess then. it, it was... can be like you say. It can be like if you're reading uh, graphic novels and like or you know things that you can get through like novellas and stuff like that, uh, or poetry even. You know, short stories. You might be able to fly through quite a lot. A few, but yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Actually, graphic novels. I'm a massive graphic novel fan. Mm. If you include in that, then that is fair. I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, and, a, as we say, audio books and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fast reader, so I can't. No, read. I'm not. There's no not, way I'd be able particularly. Because I don't absorb it otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I find I was talking to my daughter about this the other day, actually, about like when she was getting excited about a book she was reading and she wanted to skip to the end. Now, I was trying not to be too judgmental about that, but I was like, don't, don't spoil it for yourself. Don't ruin it. Try and slow down. Like, even I have to do that. When you're reading something that's really exciting, you start trying, like, skimming a bit, don't you, to try and, like, get free. I'm like, no, must slow down and actually pay attention to what's happening. I think the writer would love that, though, if they know you're in a moment where you're just like, I need to know what happens next. I think that's, yeah. that, that would really... But when people that. go, oh, you know, I devoured it in the day, and you're like, great, but it took me so <laughs> yeah. long to write. <laughs> where's the next one? Yeah, yeah, yeah where's exactly. the next one? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it's where you sit on, like, that Venn diagram of readers, because I am the... Emma knows I am the chaotic reader. If there's a book I love in a series, I will read, like, two weeks straight and get everyone finished. Mm. I don't think I, that's chaotic, that's, though. I think that's the opposite it, oh, chaotic i'm it's the one not. that will pick up a, the first book in the series you, go, that was great will i read the rest of the series no it's just on my tbr waiting because <laughs> i know it's going to be good i'll get to it someday <laughs> well know? i get to the chaotic point that i then merge them all together so yeah. i'm kind of like oh that's him no it's not it's that one is it that one oh yeah. i'll have to reread them and then i go back <laughs> to it again on this really yeah. weird little loop i was just gonna say i read akator straight through yeah, so did yeah. I. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> yeah. I'm a book polygamist in the sense that um I should probably explain that. Um, <laughs> yes. So I, I, I know will, what you mean. <laughs> I, yeah, I would just start reading books and then have about sort of 15 on the go. And the which game is a sounds, lot. I mean, yeah. like, that's three, a lot. Three or that's, four. I sounds do. chaotic. That, that's about but the maximum that I can. That's most chaotic then person. Yeah. yeah. The maximum I can keep the plots in my head without without forgetting them is around 15. I mean, yeah. sometimes if I love a book, I'll just spend the whole day just until it's finished. But if, mm -hmm. if I'm just reading a bunch of books, which like I, I kind of love, but like not my favorite books ever, I'll read 15 in a row. And then the amazing thing about this is why it's great is because you get to a point where you get like 15 endings in a row and endings are oh, amazing. Yes. So I'm like an ending junkie. So I'm like, oh, ending. And so you have like two days where you're just <laughs> reading endings and you're like, oh. Wow. So you don't get a it. book hangover because you yes. immediately jump into another yeah, ending. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. How, how am I, how am I ever going to recover from that? And whoa. Yeah, yeah. next one. <laughs> wow. I, I think. was just like, on that note. <laughs> on that note, yeah. <laughs> on that audio of endings. endings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Off you go to read your 15 books. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because we've given you plenty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Th thanks for adding to my TBR. Yeah. Yeah. That's our no pleasure. Problem. But yes, thank you for joining us today. It has yeah. been fantastic. Can can we can can I be annoying and plug my socials? Is that a terrible thing too? Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm sure Julie will want to do that too. No, it's just because mm -hmm. I'm I'm at that weird stage where I'm like sort of get on TikTok, but like have no one on TikTok and I'm making all these videos. So if anyone wants stupid videos on TikTok, EL Crocker, that's my stupid pen name. TikTok, EL Crocker3, also stupid pen name. And I don't I don't really care about Instagram. 
That's just it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you don't care about Instagram? Oh, yeah. um, no, no, EO, EO Crocker on Instagram as well, so I shouldn't say that. Instagram's awesome. Um, and www.eocrocker.com for my blog posts where I review books and weird updates about my stuff. We'll add it all into the notes. Yeah, we'll yeah. yeah. sorry, I know that's like... The no, worst I'm assuming, thing ever, I'm assuming like, you'll put them in the notes, so I'm not going to, yeah. Oh, no, so, that makes me so, look awful. Oh, no. You oh, no. reminded us. We do that oh. every podcast anyway. Don't we, Jess? We were completely yes, we going to finish without okay. doing it. Yeah, you've, got, you, you've got to be that bad if you want to be an author, though. That you have to like get used to just doing this awful stuff where you say, "Oh, this is my socials," and you yeah. just feel, "Oh god, yeah, okay." Yeah, that, yeah cut that off. <laughs> yeah, no, we will not. It will be no, we're not. We're leaving it. <laughs> all to see. And, and Julia's stuff just very coolly going to be. In yeah, the show just slide in into the DM. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Julia pretends she doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I care. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you for coming. And yeah, everybody who's listening and or watching at home, we hope you enjoyed it too.